Hola, bienvenidos a Radio Menea. I'm Miriam Suela Perez. And I'm Vero Vallati Flores, and we are two Latinx friends with wildly different music tastes. Each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love, and this week we're celebrating Cinco Años de este podcast. Oh my God, can you even believe it? No. So much has changed in the no. last five years. No, no lo puedo creer. <laughs> no lo puedo creer. God, this is like my longest relationship. <laughs> No, that's not true. We're um, we're almost <laughs> there. We're almost true. there. <laughs> no, I mean I have a lot of longer friendships, but this is what this is my other my other longest relationship was five years. So we're like right there, <laughs> romantic relationship. Oh my god, that's <laughs> so funny. Yeah, you had a much longer one, so we'll, it'll take us a while to best that. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so we were trying to figure out how to celebrate our fifth anniversary. We had like a lot of ideas, but we what we landed on is talking about kind of five of our top genres um, that we've explored on this show. And if you're a member, you're going to get two extra genres in the in the bonus segment. <laughs> for the next two years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for two, two more years for good luck. <laughs> um, so the way that we organize this is that we um, have a few genres that we both really love. And then we each picked one that are sort of um, more <laughs> our own thing mm-hmm. that we probably knew that the other one really just. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So we're starting with... This is with a wildly different music <laughs> taste part, y'all. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so we're starting with one of our shared genres that's really, I mean, honestly come out of this podcast in terms of being shared. And it's bachata. You probably recognized it. Um, so let's take another listen. It's a song from the Utopia album from Ro- Romeo Santos from last year. And this one's called Millonario. Let's take another listen. <laughs> this whole album yeah it's so fucking Um, good so fucking good it's so fucking good i you know what's really interesting is that i um i the year that this album came out not for 2020 but for 2019 Mm -hmm. um i was a contributor for um rolling stone's top latin albums of the year and I chose this one. Um, <laughs> is was like one of the ones that I wrote about. I, I think it was number five. Yeah, and I um, and I just feel like that was a complete product of this project <laughs> yeah. that we have together. And um, um, my greatest, you know, bachata because <laughs> yeah, I mean, bachata has never been a genre that like. First of all, I didn't grow up with it. Like I, you know, like have engaged with it right because it's like so popular and so everywhere. And like as a person who like went like uh, was like in clubs like salsa dancing and dancing merengue and other Latin music um, a lot in my youth, like engaged with it that way. But I was never a bachata listener, and if it was on the radio, I'd usually change the dial or whatever like I like romantic music isn't necessarily um <laughs> the like my like what I gravitate towards and bachata often you know deals in like oh, yeah. romance mostly. and love yeah mostly yeah yeah so um 
you know, it's just like it was not ever something. I didn't hate it, but I never really paid attention to it until like I just like became so, so exposed to it because of your love for it, Betty. So I just mm-hmm. want to like thank you for Yay. like, you know, developing my love for this genre. Like it's so, so much that like when this project came out and Romeo was like really exploring like the roots of this genre, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm so. And I never would have appreciated that without you. I, I feel so proud. I feel so proud of being able to influence you. We, we got to do, um, shout out to Vero Davila um, from Platano Diaries invited us to speak at their class at Smith last weekend or last week. And it was really sweet. It was a class about gender and Latinx music. And it was all Latinx students, which was just really lovely. And um, and we talked about this. And yeah, I just I just feel very proud of, of being able to influence you because you're somebody with really strong tastes and like very um, strongly held sort of beliefs around your taste, you know, like I don't see you as somebody who's like super easy to influence. <laughs> um, so I feel very like accomplished um, that, that I've brought my love for bachata to you. And yeah, this, I mean this, I think this pri- might be one of my favorite um, albums, like period. Like I just, and I really enjoyed mm. getting to do the deep dive that we did because we got to really like yeah. savor it and explore it and talk about what was so great about it. And the reason why I immediately thought about it for this episode is because, I mean, we're not picking like our favorite song from that genre, but I think this one just does that beautiful marriage of like the, the roots and the new, you know? So like, and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and it's not even just that the artists he's talking about are like old school. Like a lot of them are still active artists, but it's like Definitely, this bridge yeah. between the Island and New York city, the U S and, and DR, like the people who are in the mainstream right now and the people who, who aren't don't have access to that kind of um, popularity, like all the different dynamics. And so the artist that does this song with him is Elvis Martinez and, um, yeah, it was just like a really uh, incredible project and, and such a pleasure to get to, to see the that bridge and to hear the ways in which like his voice and their voices and like the collaborations that were there. So it's pretty incredible. Yeah, we should definitely link both Platano Diaries on the show notes so mm-hmm. you all can check out our friend um, Beto's podcast. And we should also we'll also link the episode that we did our deep dive on utopia it's one of my favorite episodes that we've done for sure Mm because it was so um it's such a cool album um it's such a cool concept and it's actually one of our most popular episodes of all time it like has done super super well so it's like pretty cool also i think that um either we've gotten a lot of fans of bachata on this show or people on this show have also (laughs) come along with our journey around bachata so um, so yeah, we'll, we'll put those things in the show notes if you want to take a check back. But in terms of picking which song I was like, this is impossible. Like this entire album is so amazing. And, and I just felt kind of overcome with nostalgia when I was thinking about this, because when this album came out, I was, you know, it was just pre COVID like in the before times. Um, and I got to DJ this bachata night, this like queer bachata night. Um, so I got to be in a room full of like queer and trans people dancing and like really like a welcoming space and DJing bachata. It's like just sort of like a peak moment for me in terms of all these things that I love um, and getting to, <laughs> to play songs from this album, like not too long after it came out was like just so much joy. So um there's a bunch of songs on this album that I love, but this is the one that I picked kind of from a quick gut check of just like, which one do I want to bring? Um, so, you know, here you I go. I love that you picked this. I love yeah, that you picked this. It's so good. It's so good. And bachata so good. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. I love that. And like, as a genre, the history of it is, you know, like many, like it's, it's just like holds like this very beautiful and, um, and complicated history, right? As like a m- music that was like from El Campo, that was like, you know, Afro-Dominican, that was sort of, um, you know, looked down upon because it was like brothel music, right? Mm-hmm. And just the ways that it comes about and that it emerges as a, as a mainstream popular genre and the racial dynamics, the class dynamics around that are super fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So our next shared genre that we both love and listen to that we've spent a lot of time over the last five years analyzing and getting into and that has really spent the last five years exploding (laughs) all over the world is reggaeton. And we are actually going to dedicate two songs Mm -hmm. to this genre that we're sort of loosely dividing into old slash real and new (laughs) slash pop. (laughs) Maybe real is like... (laughs) 
is not a little shady. The actual Get the umbrella word out. and a little shady, <laughs> but uh, that's what we're doing. So, yeah. Yeah. do you want to tell us about the song that yeah. we're gonna include for you know like our viejo, yeah. or you know reggaetoncito viejo? Uh huh. I was decided that this song is the classic of all classics when it comes to reggaeton, and this is by Tego Calderon, and it's Paque Retosen. I know, I know. 2003, this album, I mean, just like so fundamental to the whole genre, right? Like such an important, he was, he has been such an important figure. And this song is yeah. just, I mean, this, this beat will never not hit, you know? For real, for real. I mean, Tego is just like really legit, really just like one of like, uno de los exponentes más importantes del género. And, um, you know, one of the really dope things about him is that he is a person that has always been like super proud of his blackness, super upfront about mm -hmm. it. And I think that that is, you know, when we're talking about reggaeton and especially wh what's happened to it over the years in terms of popularity, in terms of mainstreaming. Um, it's impossible not to talk about race. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love that Tego is, um, you know, is has always been like upfront about being black and proud. And, you know, like reggaeton is a black genre, right? Mm -hmm. Whose roots, um, you know, come from Jamaica and like the and the West Indies and sort of like the migration that happened from the West Indies to Panama to build the Panama Canal where uh, Reggae Español emerges. And then those beats, you know, come to Puerto Rico. And um, what we know as reggaeton today emerges um, in like really culturally uh, out of Puerto Rico. So um, Dego is just, you know, for so many reasons, there's so many, there's so many uh, people <laughs> to, to, uh, that we could have brought, but mm -hmm. for that reason, we it felt really important to like really bring it back to Tego. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like El General also could have been like a really important sort of fundamental also figure in early reggaeton. I mean, this is why this is impossible. Like we're never gonna pick like the one song, but yeah, it's just sort of like making our best calls around what what it felt important to to highlight. And yeah, it's really interesting to think about what you said that. Yeah, in the five years we've been doing the show, I mean, the the reg the like popularity of reggaeton and the sort of place that it has in like the pop sphere has changed dramatically, um, and it's pretty cool to have sort of like watch that happen over the course of this of this show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like we came out like you know like we started in like March twenty sixteen. And within a year, Despacito was, like, you know, starting to hit, like, I mean, it came out a year later, and then, like, the following summer really, like, became, like, endemic, you know, to, like, use infectious disease language now that we're in a pandemic and all. But, like, it really um, sort of, like, shifted, you know, reggaeton had already been, like, you know, on this pop path within Latin America of like getting whiter, getting poppier, you know, like right before we started this podcast, J Balvin started to really like, you know, grow in popularity and 
Uh, so these dynamics started before then, but um, we've really seen like a real shift in the way that like people interact with, you know, with reggaeton and Latin music um, more largely, you know? Yeah, it's been pretty incredible. Um, so we wanted to think about kind of for every one of these songs we're bringing, like an episode from our archive that we want to kind of give a shout out to in case you want to do some some digging back. And the episode that we thought of in this moment is the Reggaetoneras episode. You know, uh, that's one of the challenges of, of Latinx music, of music in general, is the sort of the way sexism plays out and the way that men and male artists just dominate in so many um, arenas. And reggaeton is no exception. But there are incredible Reggaetoneras. You know, shout out Evie Queen. Like, there's just, there's lots and lots of women who are doing their thing. And so this was an early episode of ours. So check out the show notes for links to these episodes um, if you want to go back and take a look. But that was, that was like one of our first handful of episodes. And it was really fun to start kind of bringing that gender lens early, early on to the show. For sure. Yes, we could not go on and talk about Reggaeton without mentioning the podcast favorite, Evie Queen. Mm-hmm. We have a sticker dedicated to her in our mm-hmm. tiendita. Check mm-hmm. her out. Mm-hmm. Love, love, love. So speaking of like, you know, people who've had a whole trajectory over the five years we've had on this show, this next artist, I think is probably one of the biggest um, come-ups yeah, in the last yes. five years. Um, yeah, I wish we I could remember. take credit, but <laughs> we can't. <laughs> no. But definitely, I remember in, like, 2017, Isabelia coming on to our show about the Dominican Republic and music and DR and talking to us about Dominican Dembo and bringing in an Alfa song and casually being like, oh, this song by El Alfa features this upcoming Puerto Rican rapper. His name is Bad Bunny. Whatever. <laughs> and we're like, cool, cool, cool. Bad Bunny. What an interesting fashion this this boy has. Cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now Bad Bunny's Bad Bunny. So um, when we're talking about, like, new and like the new sort of wave we I wanted to really find like an example of like the new movida and reggaeton that I also think is actually really good and really solid and really like um you know that the music really is new and is fresh but is really like respectful and um you know shows props to the old school and I think that for me Bad Bunny is the example of that currently Mm -hmm. so um you know, I'm going to go with La Difícil by Bad Bunny. Let's take a listen. Ella desaparece, pero aparece cuando le dan ganas. Han sido un par de veces, y si es por mí le doy toda la semana. Se hace la que no quiere, pero llama de madrugada. Terminaste sin re- He's so popular that like there's a part of you that doesn't want to like him anymore, but you just can't ignore the fact that he's still really, really talented. <laughs> is that is that wrong? Am I wrong? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I no. mean, I'm not. I don't have that instinct to, to dislike somebody because they're like so so popular. Like I feel like I did reach a little bit of like bad bunny saturation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know where it's not like oh my god you're so popular like I'm sort of over you, but it's just like can we please talk about literally anything else yeah. also can <laughs> you, you know what I can mean? you like, like give us a minute to miss you you know <laughs> like he was just yes, putting out so much music yes. like, you know it's like too much of a good thing although i feel like now there's been a breath 
I'm like, okay, it's been a minute, you know? It's been a minute. On the Bad Bunny content? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a really intense 2020 (laughs) on the Bad Bunny front. (laughs) It really was. It really was. But yeah, I mean, he's incredible. It's really, you can't deny like the, the talent that he brings to the table, you know? Yeah, yeah. And obviously we're dealing with like, you know, here when talking about like the new pop, whatever, like I'm talking about like really big artists. There's so many mm-hmm. different like independent and um, art, upcoming artists that are like doing really cool things and doing shit that's like super good and super fresh and super like, you know, like into lineages of reggaeton. So I don't want to act like Bad Bunny is like the only person that's doing this. Right. But I think that like in terms of who sort of like represents that in a really big pop realm, I think Bad Bunny is an example of that. And he just won a gringo Grammy. Hey. Which is wow. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Wow. I was talking to my mom about it and she mentioned him, but I think she called him like Ugly Bunny or something. (laughs) It's like really funny. (laughs) I wish I could remember exactly. Mommy, I don't know if you remember what you said. It was Ugly Bunny or Mad Bunny or something funny like that. And I think she said something about the Grammys. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he's 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 fucking big he's mainstream yeah and it's been an incredible yeah journey. yeah i mean he was the most streamed artist in the world in 2020 that's wild wow. like music in spanish wow is like you know the most, the streamed, most streamed artist, artist in, the world. in the world last wow. year wow yeah. i almost feel bad for him because like that's the, your life is just forever changed in ways that are amazing and also really difficult you know what i mean yeah i to mean be that I don't feel bad because he was like sort of searching for this, but yeah, like fame sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fame and I mean, I think it seems like he's managing it okay, but yeah, like you know, he's just trying to build his little house in Puerto Rico. You know, it's like he's trying to, to live his life. Yeah, not little house, <laughs> yeah. but you know. Um, okay, so why La Difícil? I mean, there's so many songs. I mean, so I really, really love this song. First of all, um, but I think that also this song and Bad Bunny also speaks to like particularly like. I don't know the on gender and it's very indicative of this very funny position that I think that we find ourselves in right now on like conversations around gender in music. Like I would like to say that bad bunny has been a dude in El Movimiento who has been so much more careful and at times even really subversive when it comes to gender, you know, like he, the, cross you know was like in drag on the video for yo perreo sola he um called out the murder of alexa in puerto rico who was a trans woman who was really brutally murdered um and you know like there's like this rash of impunity around the murders of trans women so in some ways bad bunny has been this dude in el movimiento who has been so um i don't know like so outspoken around issues of gender And at the same time, like this song sort of reinforces a lot of gendered tropes and Mm -hmm. his music sort of reinforces a lot of gender tropes. Right. So these lyrics in particular really vacillate between this empowered woman who does whatever she wants. But like at the same time, like se hace la difícil and like all she wants to do is like lo llama en la noche, cuando es tarde and whatever. And so so it's like plays with these tropes and then in the end you know like it sort of like relies on 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 like a very like i would say sort of typical entire trope of like una mujer que se hace la difícil mm-hmm. um but then like he's also like tiene todos los nenes locos pero también tiene a las, a las nenas locas you know mm-hmm. what i mean which i personally loved as a piece of little bi visibility over there <laughs> yeah and the visuals show this video girl right who's like auditioning to be in his video and wearing all these sexy outfits but it also shows her that she's a mother and she has this little kid and she has this like full life and identity outside of being like a girl in a video and a model so um you know, it's it's very it's very complicated. He's like trying to be better, which I have to respect. And he sometimes misses the mark, you know, and I think also like around race, you know, like the shit around Bad Bunny has been like awkward at times, you know, like mm-hmm. after yo, yo hago lo que me da la gana. Um, and after I think like his like la que no iba a salir came out, he's just like put his phone away and he's like, I'm done. Like I've like he I think he really hates doing press like a lot of artists do. It's just like probably not the part of the job that they're really excited about. They're excited about being creatives. Mm-hmm. But like 
he put his phone away and he's like, I'm out, I'm off the internet. But then like these uprisings around race and racism happened and he was just silent. And like, as a man who like, you know, to most people reads is non-black is mm-hmm. not black. does not identify as black. Mm-hmm. Um, to not say something about like being like one of the artists who's profiting the most around music that is definitively black. It was awkward and hard and, sad for a lot of people to see that he like wasn't really saying that much about it so um it's just i think that bad bunny holds so many of the complications of this genre and this moment right now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and i mean i think at the end of the day he's human and he's flawed you know and he's like 100 lear- learning and growing and fucking up and all of those things you know um yep so yeah but yeah, what a journey he's gone on. What, <laughs> what a journey. A journey. <laughs> and a journey. I mean, I also think that Yago Lo Que Me Da La Gana, like with some distance, is probably my favorite of Bad Bunny's albums of his discography. Um, and I'm, I, I like cannot believe that I have not gotten to dance to it in a club. Mm. Like it was out, like I was in a club the day that it came out, like on February 29th. I was like in a club that night but like it came out that night so nobody was playing it mm-hmm. and then the next weekend i like thought that i had like a party lined up but it was actually i was wrong and it was like the next the, the weekend afterwards i was like okay cool cool we'll just go the weekend afterwards and then the weekend afterwards there were no clubs and the club that i was at in on february 29th was in atlanta and i still hold guilt about believing that i personally infected the entire latino population of atlanta because you came from new york city before i knew before i knew because i came from the global epicenter of the fucking pandemic it was a little while before your symptom you like had sort of like that weird taste thing that was that was not like directly after right I haven't calculated because I'm too scared, but <laughs> I think fair. maybe you can't <laughs> hold yourself maybe, responsible. Yeah, I'm safe. You didn't know, <laughs> you know, like you can't hold yourself responsible. I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know. So yeah, we've done a few deep dives on, on bad bunny albums, but we, we want to highlight the yoke. Yo hago la que me la da gana, um, deep dive. So that's linked in the show notes. If you want to go back and re-listen to that one. And we have a little birthday announcement for y'all. We have a little bit of a special member deal. We have like sort of vacillated on and off about talking about our membership program since the pandemic started because we know it's like sort of rough out here. But we know some of y'all have like steady incomes and are down to support. And if that's you and you've been vacillating about whether you want to or you're not sure, or whatever, and you're thinking about it, we have a special little deal that might put you over the edge. Yeah, so for the rest of March, just a couple of weeks, if you become a member, and membership, um, there's three levels for membership, $5, 10 and $15 a month, kind of sliding scale based on what you can afford, um, we will send you a free um, Cardi B tote bag that Vero designed. And it says on it, what do you, do you want to tell the folks what it says, Vero? <laughs> It says it's from a very early Cardi video from uh-huh. like even like before Bodak Yellow when yes. we like loved her. But like talk she about wasn't a come really up. big. She mm-hmm. was just an Instagram star. Talk about come ups that have happened in the time that we've been around. OK, yeah. yes, Cardi. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it says if you don't understand, get a bitch to translate. <laughs> She was like in this video talking about like La Insuperable mm-hmm. and she was like l- like lip syncing to these songs by La Insuperable. It was just outstanding. Just outstanding. If you don't understand, get a bitch to translate. Yeah. So if you become a member in March, um, we will send you um, a special link to the to the um, store so you can order a free um, tote bag basically as a thank you for becoming a member in honor of our fifth anniversary. So those small sustaining monthly members really make a big difference for us in terms of just being able to, to cover the cost of the show. We're also starting to get some support with editing, which has been really helpful. So all that stuff, that's where the money goes. We're not, we really barely pay ourselves anything. Maybe at the end of the year, we give ourselves a little bit, but mostly it's just to cover the cost of, of making the show happen. So we really, really so appreciate it. Um, and that's a big, big thank you. And it's, you know, I think the tote is like a $15 situation. So it's a pretty good deal. Um, for as a thank you for becoming a member this March. 
Yeah, and members usually get, so what members get is that you don't get an ad. So if we're doing any ads, you don't get this. Um, our members aren't going to listen to this to this ad about the membership announcement. Um, and you usually will get like something else with an episode. Sometimes it'll be a playlist. Most of the time it's like an extra segment. Um, and every once in a while you get something special. Like last summer we sent our members out the opportunity to get a free friquitona pin. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, just all sorts of little goodies. It changes depending on what we're up to. Yeah, we really, really appreciate it. And you'll get a link to us. Once you join, you get a link to a separate member feed um, that goes on your podcast app. And that's where you get the episode with the extra bonus segment. So, like this episode, you'd get a whole segment about two other genres that we want to talk about that have kind of um, developed as we've listened to this. Our interest in has developed while we've listened to this, while we've worked on this podcast. So, um, uh, yeah, thank you so much for considering supporting us. We really appreciate y'all. So, so much. Okay, so our next genre that we want to talk about is salsa. How could we not talk about salsa? And clearly this is like an overlapping love of salsa on this podcast. And Veto actually got to pick the salsa yeah. song for this episode. Not I an did. easy task. Not an easy task. <laughs> I did. It was so hard. I was like, my heart was sort of like in Oscar de Leon, but mm. I was like, no, I need to bring some women into the mix. Some mm -hmm. more women to the mix. This episode is fairly dude heavy, but don't worry. She's not the only non-dude here. So, you know, it's going to be okay. Um, and, you know, La India is an icon. So uh, here we are. We're going to listen to Vivir lo Nuestro by La India featuring Mark Anthony. Como el cielo, voy a podar un jardín para que duerma tu cuerpo en un mar espeso y ancho, más ancho que el universo. Voy a construir un barco para que navegue el sueño en un universo negro, como el ébano más puro. Voy a construir de blanco nuestro amor para el Cerrada, voy a detener el tiempo para soñar a tu lado que nuestro amor es eterno y volar, volar tan lejos donde nadie nos obstruya el pensamiento, volar, volar sin miedo como palomas libres tan como el viento y vivir, vivir lo nuestro y amarnos hasta quedar sin aliento Soñar. I don't think we've actually ever brought this song I don't think so which is pretty incredible which is wild yeah, yeah um, we've brought a couple of other La India songs which are favorites of mine ese hombre love that so much <laughs> you know so so much like we brought yeah la india is just great so um i really wanted to bring her and like many of the genres you know that you that we bring and many of the genres you know this world is a patriarchy so it mm -hmm. tends to be very very dude heavy and um, we, uh, we were very, ex like, we just, I just love her. She's an icon to me. She's just legendary here. She's in this really classic collaboration with Mark Anthony, who really became such a superstar, but she was the one that was putting him on in this song. Yeah. La India was cool. much bigger than he was at yeah. this time. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to kind of go back to, to some of his before the come up, you know? Yeah, yeah, this is really before Mark Anthony's come up. If you look at the video, it's, oh my God, he looks like so young. His hair is long. <laughs> uh -huh. It's like a whole different Mark Anthony. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, she has such an incredible voice and he also has an incredible voice. So this is like a pretty Oof, superstar yes, for pairing. Sure. For sure. It's very much of a superstar pairing. And this is, yeah, I mean, there's this like 
it's something very beautiful that happens when like two people have like a great great duet with mm-hmm. like really great voices where they really really can do it like Mark Anthony didn't Mark Anthony do a song with J-Lo once pobrecita no me ames no me ames one of my favorite karaoke duets because she can't sing can you believe the audacity that you must have to be J-Lo doing a song with Mark Anthony that woman is confident you know she really stands up for herself okay okay clearly we have to talk about the breakup I'm so glad that you referenced it oh yes J-Lo and (laughs) A-Rod Wait, okay, so I Googled this, I think, yesterday, and what I saw was that they're, like, trying to work it out. Is there not? Is there more? They're trying to work it out? Okay. I'm not up on my superstar oh, news. Oh, I didn't oh. even know that this had happened, because, but, like, you know, my girl Marielena was, like, <laughs> sending me memes about it. I was That's like, amazing. wait, what happened with A-Rod and J-Lo? Yeah, so let me Google it again in case there's been something new, but when I Googled it yesterday... <laughs> developments, um, developments. <laughs> um... Yeah, three days ago, they were like, we're not over, we're not splitting, we're working it out, we're still a couple. That was what it said a couple of hours, um, a couple of days ago, so. Um, oh, I thought that I thought that it was a wrap. I thought it was no. done. A-Rod had cheated. Well, he there's, had been talking to this Instagram yeah, model. So there's, there's some talking <laughs> to. Okay, so this is, this is Elle magazine. A-Rod flew out to Dominican Republic where J-Lo is filming a new movie to prove how serious he is about them. That was yesterday. Oh, that was today. Oop. It's Tuesday. So Oop. I don't know. By the time this airs, something might change, but um, <laughs> but they're trying to work through some things. You know, Alex is fully aware that this relationship is hanging by a thread, a source told the outlet. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Um, so, you know. Just goes to show you, oh, like, you know, many shit. You know, Beyonce gets cheated on. J-Lo gets cheated on. Like, it's just, you know, not even about that. Yeah. Yeah, because they're engaged, and then I guess the wedding was on hold. I don't know. I mean, I, I like, wanted to work out for them. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's, like, wanted to work out for anybody who wants it to work out. So, jury's still out. Seems like they're trying to work it out. You know, marriages are hard work. I don't know why, but I feel invested. I just, I don't know. I want them to be successful. <laughs> and yeah, and I want J-Lo to just collect more rings. Yeah. How, what ring is this? She got one from Ben Affleck. She got oh one God, from Mark Anthony. She got one from A-Rod. Just like collect them all, girl. Like yeah. become fucking like an NBA right. champion. Well, there was something about this because it was like <laughs> younger man, you know, I don't know. There was just, there was so many things, but, but yeah. Wait, is A-Rod younger? Uh-huh. A-Rod's not younger. Yeah. How old is he? She's We're about to find out whether A-Rod is really younger. old is A-Rod? He's 45, and she's, I think, in her 50s. She's 51. Okay, it's, like, slightly Six years. Younger. I mean, a woman in her 50s, you know, like, women are always, like, you know, it's always men who are dating younger women, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's not, like, I a, guess. it's not, like, an absurd age difference, but he's a younger man. Yeah, yeah. A younger man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and the, you know the, the fact that I like, think J Lo could pull a man in his twenties, probably. She probably could. But the fact that also like A Rod and she J-Lo, want to no A Rod and J Lo and Mark would like hang out. I don't know. It all just seems very sweet. It all just seems yeah. Sweet. That is that does seem cute. I like that. So we did an old school salsa episode like a year or so ago, pre pandemic, more than a year. So we'll link that to the show notes if you want to hear more salsa. I mean, there's just there's endless amounts of good salsa out there. Um, but yeah, there is endless. We also did an episode about Fania records Uh who are fundamental to the way Mm -hmm. that we even think of salsa right now. They really just like engineered that term and, Mm -hmm. um, and that genre really. So, um, maybe we'll link to both of those. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. Now for the fun part. Where we each bring music the other one hates. <laughs> Dueling genres. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, you know, it's not all just like but kittens and rainbows over here. Sometimes we disagree. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go first. Um, and this song I've decided is like the genre would be like pop ballad. But really, like, it's such a big genre. It's hard to say. But this is a song that I've been wanting to bring for like almost two years. And I've been like a little bit too embarrassed to do it. <laughs> So I'm throwing caution you. to the wind. I can't believe I'm you. I'm throwing caution to the wind, and I'm bringing this cheesy ass pop ballad, which is called "Cuando Te Encontré," and it's by Matisse. Let's take a listen. Ooh, 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 ooh. 
La suerte nunca ha estado a mi favor Me he tropezado tanto con el mismo error Apresurado, siempre atado al reloj Desesperado, equivocado en el amor No creí que esto fuera a pasar Ya estaba decidido Que sola me iba a quedar Hasta que el destino se apiadó Cuando te encontré Antes de Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> so I texted Tell me to everything. you yesterday. ¿Qué piensas? What's, what's, give us the raw reaction. I mean, I don't want to yuck on anybody's yum, yeah, first but. of all. <laughs> but this sounds like a pharmaceutical commercial to oh, me. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, when someone I starts think... a sentence with, I don't want to yuck on anyone's yum, you know they're about to do that exact fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I knew, I knew you would. I knew you would dislike it. I this. just can't. It seems, I, it also sort of seems like it has these, like, a sort of, like, really, like, big, like, sort of, like, circa 2007 indie rock, like, you know, tropes that, like, I have a very specific reaction to as well. But, um... But I think the second time that I listened to it, I was, I disliked it less than the first time. (laughs) So it grew on you a little bit. I'll I'll give you that much. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, I mean, I don't think I need to say that much to defend my love of like cheesy pop ballads because I'm in, I'm in like the, you know, I feel like I'm in the majority opinion, you know, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, some things about something. One of the things about pop is that it's like by definition popular, but not everybody likes like, you know, cheesy ballads, but I do. Um, and you know what? I'm not going to be ashamed of it. <laughs> I'm just going to embrace Don't it. Don't be ashamed of it. <laughs> I know. You're not trying to like tell me anything's wrong with my taste. You just don't share it, which is fine. No, um, no, absolutely not. Taste is subjective. You know, yeah. like love for music is subjective. Art is subjective. Nothing is right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. If, if you didn't believe that, I don't think we could do this together. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I, I don't have much to say about this, except I found it on like through some sort of Spotify algorithm. It's from 2016. I discovered it last, you know, two summers ago. And it was like in the moment when I was like falling in love. So it just like really hit, you know, it just, I just like remember driving around singing this song and feeling cheesy as fuck, you know? So that's all I can say about it, which I think maybe is part of why I didn't want to bring it. Cause I was feeling like shy about it, but here we are. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I think, I think that it's sort of sweet also. I feel like you get a little bit like more um, leeway for, you know, like when you when something is like attached to like a memory or nostalgia Mm -hmm. or something sweet, it's just like your love for it is not just for the thing. It's for like the context, you know? Yeah. And it's for like the feeling that you had in that moment that this like allowed you to express, you know, or connect with or whatever. And it is a very like romantic ass song. Like you listen to the lyrics, it's very much about like, which, you know, I don't think is, I think it's way more complicated than this, but that feeling of like you, you know, you'd had it like this, the song is kind of like your heart was, you know, your heart was closed or whatever. I don't remember like exact lyrics. And then you, you met this person and, and all of a sudden things were different, you know, which like, whatever, it's a mm-hmm, cheesy trope, but like, mm-hmm. you know, we've been through it. I've been through it. Right. I've had a lot of like challenging relationships and whatnot. And so that feeling of like meeting somebody new and being like, okay, yes, like this is what I've been looking for, you know, is a really sweet and tender feeling. So I think that's what music really does for me is like when it allows me to connect to an emotion that I'm feeling, um, then it gets associated with that. And whether the emotion is heartbreak or love or whatever it is, you know, and that's like, that's a lot of these moments that I've discovered relationships mm-hmm. to new music. I mean, that's how I fell in love with Bachata was through like a moment in my life where I had like really intense, like romantic feelings and then really intense heartbreak all within like a few months with the same person. And that, and Bachata mm-hmm. was like there for me for all of it, you know? So. 
Um, yeah, that's like how I started first started listening to bachata like years and years ago. So, so yeah, but this is really cheesy. But also like shout out to my boo, who like now that we live together doesn't really listen to this podcast, <laughs> but used to listen to it a lot when we were long distance. Um, but but yeah, so this song, so this this group Matisse is a Mexican trio. It's two men and a woman. Um, and you know, I don't know that much about them. I haven't like followed them as a band. I've just, this song has been kind of on my list for, for that, all that time. And, um, it, it gives me that, it connects me to that feeling again when I listen to it, which is sweet. Yeah, for sure. So I haven't really moved for you sure. on the pop ballads really in this five years. It's just not, <laughs> not I mean, place. not this one, yeah. but like, there's a lot of, there's plenty of pop. There's yeah. plenty of pop that I've enjoyed yeah. throughout the years. And there's been I, a few songs, you know that I brought and you're like, you know what? This one's actually not that bad or whatever, but there's some that I just know. Like there's a, I think a princessa song that I brought at some point that you were, I was just, it was, it's like all about Disney. It, like you saw these Disney princess metaphors and I was like, that I was going to like barf in her mouth at this one. You know, like there's <laughs> certain ones that I, I just know uh-huh. I'm never going to, I'm never going to move you on. And that's, it, that just has to be okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. You know? So the episode I'm thinking about with this genre is, um, I think our third episode ever, which was an Amor episode. Um, and I don't even know if I brought a cheesy pop ballad. I hope I did. Probably did, but go back. <laughs> you want to go back to early days and, um, because yeah, that's, that's just the genre. That's the theme of so much of the music that I listen to. And you're not against music about love, but I think you can get a little eye rolly at it sometimes. Yeah. It's just, you know, I mean, it's funny because I don't often listen to lyrics, but, um, or I sometimes do, but it's just, it's just not always like, yeah, I'm a little bit, I'm extremely not a romantic mm-hmm. sometimes to, um, you know, my partner's great chagrin. Yeah. I'm working on it. Yeah. Um, oh. but <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now it's your turn. <laughs> so tell yes. us what, what you're bringing from your, your side of the spectrum. So this is also, I don't know if it's, it's not exactly a genre. It's sort of like a junk drawer as well. But like what I am choosing to highlight is electronic and experimental music. Um, I love, love, love shit that challenges me. And sometimes I'm just like, I don't understand this. This is really fucking weird. Like that pushes like my bounds. And I think that I engage with a lot of things this way, you know, like I think I really like being challenged in the way that I think and like see things, um, which sometimes can be upsetting, but I mostly really like it. So that's what this sort of like what experimental music does for me. And the person that I'm bringing is um, uh, is Arca. This song is called Non-Binary. I do what I wanna do when I wanna do it. But you got the bags to prove it. Hips to move it around and make shapes, yes. Trim the waist off and the waist down, girl, it slipped off. It's French tips wrapped around a dick. Do you wanna taste? I don't give a fuck what you think. You don't know me. You might owe me. But bitch, you'll never know me. Ask me how I got here. Bitch, I work hard. Ask me about my luck. Yeah, I've been lucky. And I've been unlucky. It's both. Don't push your shit on me. Bitch, I'm special. You can't tell me otherwise. That'd be a lie. Who do you think I am? It's not who do you think you're dealing with. No. Because you're not dealing with. There's no deal. Bitch, it's real on my side. Go ahead. Speak for yourself. Go ahead. Speak for yourself. Cast the first stone if you want to be a puppet. Better yet, speak for yourself. All right. So, you know, <laughs> also adding a little bit to the gender diversity of the mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, longtime yeah. listeners of this podcast will know that I've been following and loving Arca for a long time. Uh, she's a queer Venezuelan artist, and I would say probably one of the most, the, one of the foremost experimentalists of our generation. I think she's very, very important in shaping like the way that we experiment with the way that people are experimenting um, with music. And I think trans women in general are 
um, really carving out a space there. Um, R.I.P. Sophie, uh, who was a trans woman electronic artist that Arca um, collaborated with as well. She uh, died in this really freak accident. She was like climbing up on a roof to look at the moon and she just fell um, and passed away. So R.I.P. to her. But uh, I think um, what's so interesting about Arca and is also like the ways that her gender and her queerness are really central to her approach to music and just the ways that it that it like expands worlds and uh, for me that's it's so fascinating and it's so beautiful yeah I mean I think the thing about this is like it's like I mean this is so um this piece is so intense like I can't critique it you know what I mean like it's just like there's there's no way that I could be like you know talk negatively about it but I think that for me it's like I don't relate to this in the way that I would relate to music. Like it just feels like a totally different thing. Right. Like, and I think I've said this to you before. I'm like, I'm like, tell me when you listen to this, you know, like what's the context in which like, this is what you choose to put on. Like, I think this is really powerful and intense. It almost felt like spoken word in some ways. And I know that she doesn't always put Mm -hmm. lyrics to her music, but yeah, it's like, what's the mood that you're in when you sit down for this kind of song? Yeah, 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 for sure. I get that. Yeah. I mean, I think what's really fascinating also is that like, I don't know. So Arca has had this long evolution in her music where she um, sort of came to prominence in the public eye and, you know, to me personally, when she was a producer for Kanye West Yeezy, which was his like, you know, very experimental um, you know, very different for Kanye album that he put out. Um, a lot of people hated it, <laughs> but so Ar- he tapped Arca to be a producer um, on that album for him. And that sort of like shot her into, uh, I wouldn't say mainstream because the mainstream doesn't really know who Arca is, but like it made her name known. And um, she was up until somewhat recently known for these like really challenging sprawling electronic tracks that like didn't really have lyrics and through a friendship with Bjork, um, you know, Bjork encouraged her to use her voice on her album. And uh, she, for the first time, not on this last album, but on the album before Arca self-titled album, she used her voice. Um, And so in this album that non-binary is off of, it's uh, Cake One. And I would say this is like her most like pop approaching album, if that could be said. You know, like it like these are like songs, you know, whereas like her stuff before, I think like challenged even like what even is music <laughs> you know what I mean like what like where do you make the distinction where are the borders of like sound and music right and um I think that it's there's something very clear about the way that she positions her work um about like queerness and gender nonconformity, and um I don't know I think that like part of that for me is that like there's something about our historical exclusion from dominant spaces that requires queer queer and trans people to have to imagine new ways of existing and, um, and being in the world. And once I think once our worlds are like completely destroyed and we see that we can build new ones and we see that like our elders have built new worlds, even when, when they've been excluded by mainstream society, it just opens us up to a world of questioning everything else, right? And this is a dynamic that's changing as there's been like just like a seismic shift in the way that people think about sexuality and gender in the last 10 to 15 years. But um, but I do think that it's not a coincidence that the most inspiring change makers in my generation are queer women, right? Because having gone through what we went through makes it easy to see the ways, makes it easy to see the ways that we can have like new worlds. And I think that that's what Arca does with music. She just like explodes everything that you think music could be right. and does what she feels right. And what she feels is beautiful. Right. And um, this album in particular is like her first album that she made after her transition, um, to, you know, like she 
you know, came like fully out as non-binary and, um, and started using she, her pronouns in her press materials. And, um, you know, so she really like leans into that. She's, it's not something that's like seems coincidental about her music. It's like, no, I'm going to talk about this. This is part of what all of this is. So you still didn't answer my question. <laughs> like, when is it that you... About listen? the mood? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going to put on... I have this I have this album on vinyl, and I was going to put it on last night in preparation mm-hmm. yeah. for um, for this episode, and that which is not really, like, a mood. But I think mm-hmm. that, like, when would I put this on? So to me, a lot of times, this has um, words, so it, I would be less likely to put it on to work. But, like, I have, like, these, like, comfort albums that most people, like, might find extremely stressful. Like, Richard D. James, the Richard D. James album, Aphex Twins' Richard D. James album is, um, you know, Arca is a big Aphex Twin and Richard D. James fan. And, like... Uh, I would put that on just to like work, just like something comfortable and beautiful that I like listened to over and over again. And like when I first listened to, I was like, what the fuck is Mm -hmm. this? Like I felt like I had to listen to it over and over again to like even understand what it could possibly be. Right. Um, But so if there's no words, I would sometimes put something on like that to work, to write, to like, you know, like have something like going in the background. Um, for I think for this it just like sometimes it's just like an evening that I'm like I'm like this is the mood like I'm gonna like this is my evening I'm gonna like cook or I'm going to like um like lay in the bed and like you know stare at the ceiling and listen to these sounds you know like it it just it sort of depends I don't think that there is like a it's not like cleaning you know it's not like Mm -hmm. there's not like a specific like thing it's like okay like this is what I listen to when I'm in this situation. But um, it, yeah, I think that like this music sometimes requires me to pay more attention mm-hmm. and requires like me to like really be, um, have some focus. And that tends to be difficult for me. Uh, I, you know, have, I'm very distractible. Like I, you know, <laughs> at like the age of 37, my therapist was like, I think you probably have ADD. And I was like, it would have been nice to know mm-hmm. <laughs> earlier mm-hmm. but um but so I think what music like this does for me it just like it forces me to focus because it's not easy yeah 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 I mean it's hard to you know I understand all that and I just it's like I don't relate to those those same moments you know so it's like I can like appreciate this for what it brings and how interesting it is and also this video y'all should check out there's just so much that's yeah. being said visually in this too. And like about her journey and gender mm-hmm. and bodies and everything and medicine and, and all sorts of things. Um, but, but yeah, I just like, I don't have the moments where like, this is the kind of music that, that I want to, to listen to. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like the vast majority of everyone does not have the moments where they're like, this is what I want to put on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in that but way, I'm, I'm good so company. glad that there are weirdos and that there's the internet and that yeah. we can find each you other. Can find each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. totally. Uh, so what episode do you want people to listen to in our, from our archive that's connected to this? So, I mean, I think, I think that we we've never done an episode fully on like any electronic or experimental um, music, but although I think that there are, there is like so many cool like electronic experimental movements in Latin America, but um, what I do, what I do, what we do have is lots of episodes around queerness and queer music and music by queer people. Mm-hmm. So we're going to link a couple of those in, in our show notes. All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode um, and for being supporters of the show. As always, um, you can find all of our show notes and all the links to the songs we mentioned and also the the sort of previous episodes that we're suggesting you go back to um, in the show notes at RileyMenea.com. Yeah. Wow. What a journey. Thank you so much to those of you who have been here since the beginning, to those of you who started listening a week ago. Um, thank you for putting up with like all of our various like pandemic exhaustion related bumps, mm-hmm. you know, like we just appreciate you so, so much. Yeah. Oh, and, and relatedly, well, not really relatedly, but next week we're going to be taking a little week off kind of a spring break, but not really. Cause I just have like a week long, um, work conference, virtual thing. So there's just no time to record. Um, 
So we'll, we'll be off next week, but we'll be back the week after with an episode. And um, like we mentioned in the ad, if you're not a member and you want to become a member, we're doing a special um, thing where if you um, join before the end of the month, check out the link in the show notes, you'll get a free Cardi B tote. And if you aren't ready to be a member or maybe you're already a member and you want to just give us some birthday love, you can buy something from our tienda at rileymanana.com backslash tienda. Thank you so much, y'all. Se les quiere mucho. Ciao. Bye.